0: Yeah, guy, welcome everybody. Welcome, it is Spit the Spit Podcast. It's Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021. Good morning, David Lee Scales.
1: Good morning, Scott. Uh, big week in surf news.
0: Yeah, a lot going on. I'm not sure what you're referring to, but I'll agree with you. Well, There's between
1: probably- the kind of update to the WSL's schedule and their projected plans versus. What the local people will allow them to do. Nev Hyman getting in hot water. Dane Reynolds dropped an edit. Um, Russell Beerkey's wipeout. Tons. Free Scrubber. Wow. Free Scrubber?
0: Wow. There, all of these things I don't know anything about. i got
1: to oh, be honest. Good. Well, I'll be, doing a, I'll be doing a monologue today. You can chime in whenever you want. Well,
0: I have a full show produced. that doesn't have any of that stuff on it. That's what I'm saying. It's a huge week in surf news. <laughs> Oh my Lordy. Well, we better get right into it. Let me, um, let me print one retraction
1: or correction from last show. We were talking about stab in the dark and uh Taj Burrow's boards being small. And I was saying there were rumors that the boards weren't actually built for Taj correction. Yeah. They were always built for Taj as it turns out. Um, they were going to go to the mental So they were built for a different location, but there was one detail in there, uh, STAB was simultaneously organizing um, electric acid surfboard test, which apparently Kelly Slater was scheduled to do in Bali. Uh. So those boards were built and shipped, or some of them were shipped to Bali, which then uh, Firewire decided that it would not be a good idea for Kelly to participate. So Kelly backed out of that deal. And I don't know if they have found another surfer for the electric acid surfboard test to ride those boards or not. I'm sure that they will. Uh, But that was the one little detail that was incorrect from our last show. So the boards were always built for Taj.
0: Well, look, since we're talking about this, I'll just say this real quick. Um, I watched the second installment. I'm sure you did too. Did you? I did. Um, I think that they're using – Too many boards. I don't think they have enough time for Taj to really dig into each and every board It seems a bit rushed the whole process seems rushed. Maybe it's the edit That creates this sort of feeling That they're that he's just rushing through the boards But um, I kind of feel like if we're here, you know, we're involved. Let's do this thing. Let's let's do it right Let's give the shapers and their effort and the board more of a chance And here's how I would produce the next stab in the dark, I would put 30 shapers names into a hat. And it would be a mix of established guys like, you know, the Timmy Patterson's and the JS's of the world with got lesser known guys that are equally talented shapers like Michael Barron or Kalu Coletta or Ryan Sakel. There's, there's a host of them. And then I would even throw some legendary guys that can shape really nice high performance shortboards guys like maybe, and, again, I'm just riffing. Terry Sennett comes to mind, Robin Predonovich. There's a million older guys. Um, uh, who's the guy in Santa Cruz that you just interviewed? Um, Stretch. Stretch. was You know, even, the, um, even um, the other guy in Santa Cruz, the big wave, uh, Bill, uh, who am I saying? Uh, Pearson. Pearson Bob, Bob Pearson. Those types of guys, right? So we got 30 names into a hat. And you simply draw six names out of that hat. And those six are who we get. Like, that's just who it is. And and I think the draw would be fun and it would be dramatic and it would be good for the edit. And I think it would be a better way to do it. I think they have too many guys. I think the surfer needs to spend more time. Now you've got six 10-minute edits, one with each shaper, and then maybe a final seventh edit, which is the final, you know, something like that. I don't know. Just my thoughts. What are your thoughts? Do they spend not, are they not spending enough time with each board? Does it feel like they're rushing through it?
1: Yeah, in a sense, for sure. And I also found myself less engaged with episode two than with episode one. Um, Because you're right, it is just, you're almost trying to absorb too much. So you just kind of check out or tune out or something. But I do think that look, Taj can identify a board that he doesn't want to ride again in one session. So there are going to be a percentage of the boards that he assesses instantly and doesn't need to ride three or four or five times, you know, cause he's that, he's that savvy. But I still think 12 is too many boards for sure. Yeah. Six could, would be a little bit more compelling and a little yeah. bit more for us to f- actually get to know the characters, get to engage in, you know? Yeah. So
0: yeah.
1: I agree. Did you find yourself less engaged with this one?
0: Um, a little bit. I mean, I scrubbed, speaking of free scrubbers, I, I kind of scrubbed through it. You know, oh, you like, did. Okay. Then that I, says I would it just, all. I would go to the, mag- I would, I wanted to see him ride the board. I was like, I would scrub to who, which the shaper is. And then I would re- scrub to his rides. And then I would scrub to the end when he was like, I don't know. I kind of like it. Well, it seemed like I found that with mayhem, it felt like Ashton wrote the piece to kind of go, Hey bro. You know, you won last time. You're not going to get through this time, but you're still really cool. Don't get mad at us.
1: That is so funny that you say that. I thought the script was very well written, but exactly what you just said. It's like in the past, they've got their wrists slapped a few times. And now it's like, it is a really beautiful, delicate dance that they put together in this script. It's like, we're going to sprinkle a little bit of love on each of you, but we're also going to cover our butts. We're going to like... It was yeah. hilarious, but really well done. Like in terms of trying to, trying to pull that off,
0: they executed it flawlessly. But um, yeah, anyway, but yeah. Um, just real quick, we'll just get to it. Um, Sharp Eye was in this episode and he got through and out from this episode were Mayhem, Dan Mann and Jason Bennett from chemistry. And it looks like Hayden Cox is one of the undecideds and we'll move on.
1: Cool. Yeah. New episodes Thursday,
0: I think. Okay. Cool. Tomorrow stab premium. It's I'm still, as you mentioned, I'm still very intrigued with Taj and Taj is surfing. And um, it does seem like he's surfing the same way kind of over and over again, but maybe, yeah, maybe they'll change that up. Yeah. The waves get good for the second half of the, of the vids.
1: Yeah. So what's what on your notes them? then?
0: Well, I've got this email that was sent to us. Oh,
1: yeah, let's do it.
0: So, this one of our listeners, I I boiled it down as best as I could.
1: Good. Here's his, his,
0: it is, and I I try to boil it down. Here's his email to us. It says, I've been a surfer for about 12 years. I feel super comfortable in the ocean, and I believe I am aware of my surroundings. I moved to this neighborhood a couple of years ago for my wife's job. There is one spot that's just a couple of minutes from home. It's not shown on any camera sites and usually only has a couple of guys out. The localism is known to be savage. I head over there on a smaller day, high tide, between shifts. I catch a sweet ride. The crew lets me rotate into a few waves. It all seems good. The swell starts building a little more the next day. Nothing crazy, but I decide to start surfing there more often. I roll into the lot. I see more guys out in the water. Suddenly, I notice out of the corner of my eye, a guy standing right behind me, like two feet away. My heart starts pumping, and I say to him him timidly, hey, what's up? Can I help you? The guy goes point blank, where are you from? I said, I'm from here. He said, no, you're not. I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure I am. The guy says, what's your zip code? I tell him my zip code. And um, basically, I say, hey, look, I live here. My wife lives here. She works at the hospital. I work from home. And the guy kind of chills out and says, okay, cool. And we exchange names, and we start talking about boards. And all seems well, and he walks away. And as he walks away, he says to me, I would have totally screwed with your truck. You know how this place is. And i continue to put on my wetsuit. Suddenly, I hear another dude who looks like the big kahuna just fully screaming at me incoherently from down the beach. I can see that my new buddy is talking to him and flailing his arms around. And I pause and I look out at the waves and then back at my truck. And I just think to myself screw this, it ain't worth it, and I start taking my gear off, and my new buddy just runs by me with his board trying to avoid my eye contact, and I holler at him, hey, it looks like your friend isn't too happy, and he answers at me without looking at me, yeah, he's he's pissed, so I pack up my dry gear, and I head out with my tail tucked between my legs, and as I exit the parking lot, the big kahuna yells at me, yeah, that's right, I am actually shaking as I write about this. So many emotions roll through my mind when I play this scenario out from embarrassment to anger, to sadness, to loneliness. And I even daydream about the guy. If he showed up at my other spot, how I might slash the shit out of his tires and wax his windshield. What gives him the right? Then I settle down and remind myself that I'm above it. And it's not worth occupying my mind with such garbage. What itches me the most is that I didn't even have the chance to prove that I'm not some inconsiderate asshole. But then again, I'm glad for people like Big Kahuna that keep our waves from being infested. I don't understand the lesson, though. Isn't the ocean for everyone who can respect it? So that's this gentleman's email to us, David. And he is suggesting that we comment on it. So I'd love to hear your thoughts.
1: Um. Well, (laughs) it sounds like the first instance that this guy has ever encountered any level of localism and what, and it worked perfectly. So this is why localism exists is because this perceived threat, whether it would have ever transpired or not, was enough to make this guy so upset that he's saying that he's shaking while he's writing the email telling us about it. So that's why localism exists is because it actually works i would argue he doesn't need to get upset at all like if you go into those guys are wrong for doing what they're doing uh but it's effective and their waves are empty because of it so they're going to continue to do it his role in that scenario was to either tell those guys to f off And you know, take a couple photographs of them and their license plates, or whatever he feels like he has to do in case something does go down later that he can exact retribution if need be, legally or otherwise. Or do what he did: drive away and be like, you know what, this isn't worth it. But it's also not worth being upset for the next months about it. You either engage, confront it, engage with it, and kind of um, demand to be respected, or just go you know what, you guys, this isn't worth it. I'll just go surf somewhere else that isn't localized, that um, is more crowded and crappier and not have to deal with this stressor. But the fact that he's so worked up and upset about it is unfortunate to me and unnecessary. Like, and the exact reason why they did what they did. You know, they victimized him and he played the role of a victim and then they get what they want. And so I think that that is the really unfortunate part about it. And I'm not shaming him for playing that role. It's just, God, it's a disempowering role to play and there's nobody feels good about it, you know, except the, except the victimizers. So I would have, uh, yeah, I already said what I would have suggested. What do you think?
0: Well, I think you, you summarize it really well. I'm, Firstly, I'm, I'm very sorry that this gentleman had this encounter. I, I, it sounds upsetting. I know that I would be upset if this totally. occurred. Um, and the bottom line is, is that, <laughs> you know, let's just cut to the chase. Right?
1: Surfers are the worst <laughs> emblazoned across Scott's man boobs.
0: <laughs> Surfers are the worst. I don't think that those aren't man boobs. Those are plates. You're right. I, that was muscle. Are, I am sorry. Those are sorry. steel steel plates, right? As there. a
1: reflection of arc method.
0: Thank you. Uh, and sourdough bread baking. <laughs> um, <laughs> arc <laughs> method
1: not... underneath sourdough on top.
0: <laughs> right. I don't think that Duke Hanamoko would approve of these locals' Of course their not. actions. Of course and, not. Um, And then I wrote to the guy, I think you may have seen my reply to him, but our problem, my problem, your problem, the world's problem is that we act and we react on fear. Fear of too many surfers, fear of outsiders encroaching on our limited resource, fear of locals not being respectful. Fear of outsiders not being respectful to the locals, fear of non-locals, fear of being seen, fear of not being seen, fear. Most everything that I do or say can be, oftentimes can be boiled down to fear. And um, at the end of the day, surfing is supposed to be fun. And so I think what you said, look, go somewhere where you're going to enjoy yourself makes the most sense and and if if confronting these types of people um is is an enjoyable thing or if if you get satisfaction out of pushing back then okay go do that you know that's not something that i would do i would i would scurry and just realize that surfers are fucking lame well the What's, end of the day, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to call yourself a surfer when shit like this is going down. It totally it is. It, it is, and but... that's why surfers are the worst.
1: Th- look, surfing is a microcosm of uh, life as we know it. And so this kind of scenario exists in life. This is the most kind of primary scenario that exists in life. Somebody yeah. protecting a finite resource, right? And so I don't think that the only other option is if you enjoy confronting these guys, then you can confront them. No, you don't have to enjoy the confrontation, but what's on the other side of the confrontation. What's on the other side of fear? Because in this scenario, the guy who wrote the email, he had fear as well. He had fear of his car getting vandalized and he had fear of getting punched out by these locals. What's on the other side of that? I bet you some waves are on the other side of that. If you paddle out and they vandalize your car and you get a bunch of waves, well, then you have to deal with your vandalized car. And like I said, if you would have, I don't know, gotten their identities, then you can go ahead and rectify that situation. If you get punched out, what's on the other side of that? Anything short of, you know, you have to be able to accurately perceive the threat. So if these guys are going to kill you or do like actual harm, then don't engage with it or go get the authorities or whatever. But if they're just going to punch you out, you can survive that. And if you paddle back out after that, I would reckon that they would probably give you a wave or two, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so, so what is on the other side of the fear is, is the next question that I would ask. And if it isn't worth it, if none of that is worth it, that's fine. I'm not saying you're a wuss for not doing it. I probably wouldn't do it. And in that case, go ahead and just go surf the more crowded, the more crowded place. But yeah. I just think confronting fear is actually um, a super powerful thing to do and finding out what's on the other side of it. Cause living in it is yeah. going to really limit your life. Yeah, for sure. And this don't s- live in it. I don't know. We have no idea. This guy did not identify his location, not even the country. And so I have no idea how lethal those locals were. I would argue nine times out of 10, it's all posturing. And the fact that the guy is like, where do you live? That, I've never heard a local ask that in my life. <laughs> if you're, if the, if the locals there who are defending their spot are actual locals, they know who's in and who's out. And so there's yes. no asking what's your zip code. You know, yeah. if the question, once they said, what's your zip code? I'd be like, dude, get out of here. Beat it. You know, <laughs> like I'm battling out. <laughs> Would you like two forms of identification? <laughs> like? The locals sounded like they were just posing anyways.
0: What's your favorite donut flavor at the donut show store? <laughs> exactly. Oh,
1: but my. I agree. I mean, by the way, I kind of didn't state it, but I fully agree with your first sentiment, which was you're sorry to the dude who wrote the email. I'm sorry too. That's a bummer situation to go through. It is. But, but it, it also is, to be honest, what makes surfing awesome. is be that. Be careful.
0: Be careful! <laughs> <How> <laughs> it just makes surfing
1: awesome. Look, because there's stakes. It's not going. It's not paying for a ticket at Disneyland and going in and living somebody else's dream that you then impose on yourself and feel good about yourself. You have to earn it. You have to go through you know, not only confronting mother nature and all that sort of stuff, but you have to go through these hunter gatherer, primary human scenarios to get the finite resource. And so that makes it all valuable, you know? Yeah. 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 There's value in it because of the consequences involved in it.
0: Yeah. It's fascinating discussion really on a much deeper level, like the concept of, of, basically war you know confrontation you know like is that it's so western you know what fascinates me is that the hawaiians were and hawaiians to this day true hawaiians hawaiians with hawaiian blood are the most loving and giving people as far as ocean and and waves and just life right like and i think it's because and i've mentioned this to you before surfing in the ocean is so so much a part of who they are and what they are that they don't they don't like uh, disassociate or break away the act of writing ways from from their culture you know whereas we're like oh we go do this because it allows us to get away from what we really are whereas hawaiians are like this is who we are man come join like you're, you can't take this from me like there's nothing you can do to take away my ocean spirit because i'm polynesian whereas we're like you know you know i don't know continental usa grandparents from kansas and we've just discovered this thing called surfing 30 years ago and it's ours to hold on to and don't you know how cool we are it's like there's a lot to unpack and it and i'm doing more to create packing than unpack it as i talk here
1: well it's similar it's not unique to hawaii i mean it's similar to what native american have about living on the land for all of the time that they lived on it before Europeans settled was there's like a spirituality in the land and they use every bit of the land and they're not exploiting the land
0: you know and they're and they're a part of right like the thing I was trying to get was that it's it's so intertwined it's not they haven't separated it like oh here's a resource we'll exploit and here's it's all just like, it's a circular thing. You know, it's like, it's all a part of, and we're going to respect it and appreciate it. And it's a part of us. And right. whereas like you and I, and I don't mean to throw you into, into the bush, but Western continental surfers tend to go, well, that's this thing over here that we need to exploit and nobody else can exploit it. And I'm going to get exactly. as much of it as I can. And I'm not going to tell you about it. And if I see you, I'm going to protect it. Like it's my resource. And there's this really weird sort of, um, like capitalistic market exploitation kind of um psychosis around it totally which is in the end probably a very unhealthy way to live
1: right <laughs> i mean because exactly. it's all fleeting it's all a farce first of all yeah. it's and then it's fleeting and so yeah. the exact construct that you just described only serves to prop me up temporarily but if you live in that fantasy and you don't realize that you're standing on a false bottom, uh, and you put all of your value in that fantasy, then you're inevitably going to be let down. God, you, you know got to put put all your value into some other thing. You can still build and prop yourself, but don't put your
0: value into it. People need to subscribe to this podcast. Where this is like this is like friggin' uh, Wayne Dyer type shit right here. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Okay. What else do you got? <laughs> so there was a
1: rumor about a week ago, which is now um, all but verified that the WSL is going to be adding a fourth stop. They will be renting that 747 out of LAX to Sydney. They're going to be adding a fourth stop to the Australian leg of the tour to kind of make it worth everybody's time to go there. The fourth wow. stop is going to be at Lennox.
0: Wow. Is this I all news to you?
1: It is. I saw the oh, emails, but okay. I was
0: too busy yesterday to open any of my mail. Fair enough.
1: So, the the um, this is again not verified by the WSL, but all but verified by the local councils that have to approve all of this stuff. Yeah, and people at work within those. Where companies. did you get this
0: info? Did this come from the WSL, or did you get this from inside source?
1: Uh, beach grit for sure. Long Tom oh. on beach grit steve okay. shearer is yeah. covering it and interviewing all the people involved so this rumor broke and then immediately there was backlash from the lennox um populace people who live in lennox and Ballina council sh- uh chamber shire council and basically they said the dates have been confirmed which actually there, there's another detail here is that it actually conflicts with the bell's dates on the WSL's website it's going to be on Easter so the implication is that they would actually uh, reschedule bells. Of course Maurice Cole chimes in and oh, says bet. says there's no chance that we would allow them to reschedule bells. Adam Robertson, who's you know runs surfing Victoria, he said he knows nothing about this he has not been informed and he's still expecting to set up the event at bells on the dates that are scheduled. But um, let me see. I just kind of stepped on some of my notes. Uh, so the WSL says that they've gotten approval. I don't know, actually, because this isn't on the WSL's website, but employees of the WSL claim support for the Lenox event, but the Lenox, uh National Surfing Reserve Committee wrote on their website We are the custodians of the Lenox National Surfing Reserve Association and have not been approached uh, by the WSL for the proposed context contest site. We have reached out to them. The community is disgruntled. um, Community disgruntlement is already occurring in regard to this proposal. Approving this contest will divide the community even more. So does BSC really need another point of division like the Lake Ainsworth Road debacle? Uh, The concern is that mass protests in the water and during while the event is on in regard to paddle outs will interfere with the contest could result in injury to community members, contestants, officials and security. The association also points out that under federal, state and local legislation within the Lenox National Surfing Reserve, all current activities access and licenses which have been issued by regulatory authorities to individuals or groups will remain unchanged so if the bsc allows uh which is the ballina shire council allows the contest to occur they would be in breach of any of these laws as surfers would be restricted from the reserve throughout the contest period um one counselor jeff johnson publicly decried these things. And I actually don't have that email handy, but um, basically the long and the short of it is the WSL is apparently trying to pull this off. The local people are up in arms about it and not going to let it happen. So even if the WSL can kind of jump through all the COVID loops, it seems like there's a lot of um, community
0: loops that they probably wouldn't be able to jump through. So my question is it the WSL decides to do an event at Lenox. who do they first reach out to they obviously didn't reach out to the Bona Council Shire it sounds to me like they went to the head of surfing New South Wales Lennox is up in the northern part of the state way far away from Sydney where it's, where I'm sure the head of surfing New South Wales resides i'm just assuming all this but they must have said i mean is it your first call to the To the head of Surfing New South Wales, which is probably has some sort of connection to the WSL in Australia in some way and said, hey, we want to do an event at Lennox. And he probably went, well, let, let me look into it. I think we can do that. I mean, how do you not reach out to the local council?
1: Yeah, I don't know, though. It seems like they did do that in the local council um, preliminarily approved it. And then the community found out the community gave all this backlash. And then they just did the vote. I think literally within the last day and they voted to reject the proposal. Oh, okay. So, but it's not going to happen.
0: This is not going to happen.
1: I can't imagine it would
0: happen, but then Thompson's going to have a field day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: yeah, the proposal is to block off. This is from that Jeff Johnson, um, the council member who spoke out about it. He said that the proposal would block off Lennox Headland Lookout um, from March 25th through April 15th, and it would prevent access to the surf break and likely restrict other surf breaks in Ballina Shire, such as Boulder's Beach and Sharps Beach. Lennox will already be bursting at the seams due to school holidays, local visitors naturally wanting to surf. And so surely consideration needs to be made for the local residents and the many visitors who have already booked to spend their holidays in Balina and Lennox. So that's, that's reasonable. Look, if there's a bunch of tourists who have already scheduled that stuff and the WSL swoops in with very short notice and cancels all of, those random people's plans. That would be a Plus
0: the, the cloud of COVID too. I mean, that hasn't even really been brought up, but the cloud of COVID exists over all of this. Yeah. Yeah. I agree.
1: So they've been, they've been lucky enough to not have any COVID cases for over six
0: months, by the way. Good for them. Yeah. You mean the, you mean Balina? Yeah. Balina.
1: And so they said the proposed event could undo all of the good work that has, yeah. you know, been done to make that happen.
0: I need to go set up shop somewhere where there's no infrastructure, where <laughs> there's no city council or town. That's probably you know? next on the list. Look, I mean, I
1: have a feeling they have plan, well, I don't know, but they should have plan A, B, C, and D, and this was probably plan B. If the rest of the tour is canceled, we're already going to Australia. Let's add another stop in Australia. Well, now this is getting thwarted. So plan C might be that, which is a boat in Indonesia.
0: No, I think that they could probably find another location in Australia. I just think they chose the wrong one. I think the idea of doing it at Lenox, they probably did make a preliminary call to somebody that's a friend over there on the, right. the, you know friend of tourism and chamber of commerce type guy on the on a council. And he's like, I think we can do this. Let me see what, let's try to get this through. And now we're at where we're at, where Word there's leaks out. Yeah. As soon as they found out there's tons of pushback and the guy's like, Oh, bad idea. And so this is going to, this is, this is just going to go away quickly, I think. Yeah. And, and, but some, to me, I'm like, okay, what's next? Like, where could they do it? Cause it does make sense if they are going to be there for three events. Like if that's happening, Right. We're assuming that's happening. If that happens, it does make sense to just do another event in Australia. Like Addis, like I bet they pulled the trigger on some place like Sydney, like Bondi or something or Manly or wherever, you know, like.
1: That's got um, more people than, I I know, but COVID protocol.
0: I, I agree, but it's also, um, conveniently
1: located. Yeah. It's,
0: yeah it's, it's like they have events there, you know, like Lennox. When was the last time you heard of an event at Lennox? That's like, Hey, we decided to have one at Rincon. No, that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You know, like um, George Greeno is not going to allow you to have an event at his spot. You
1: know? Yeah. I was talking to, that's a good point. <laughs> um, I can't,
0: can't you pick a spot that's got a bunch of high performance shortboard beach break waves? Like, you know, yeah. air well,
1: so what about the thought? This is tangential, but um, should there be a world title deemed in this year if they're able to kind of pull a half-assed year? If there's a couple of events in Australia, I'm I'm under I'm of the opinion they should just not even have a world title. Like maybe come up with some other name for somebody that wins the year. But at this point sunset's canceled santa cruz is well probably not I would, here's, what I,
0: here's what i would do i would look to precedent and i would look to 2001 and determine how many number of events were run for cj hobgood to win five. the world title okay so that's the number you need to run five events that precedent has been set if you can pull off five events you can pull off a world champion that's my opinion on that and it's really not opinion it's it's just precedent like but you was that the
1: right? Was that the right decision? At it doesn't the time matter.
0: Either? It doesn't matter. It was. It is. C.J. Hobgood is the 2001 world champion. He always will be, and that's fine. That's what it is. What it is. Like you can't now change it.
1: You can do a better version of it moving forward. You know, like I understand what you're talking about, but legal legal precedent exists, but they also it's not
0: legal, ra- but it's just precedent.
1: Well, I'm using legal precedent as a Um, I don't know, as a metaphor or compare comparable, and legal precedent gets changed through amendments and you know ratifying things or whatever. So I think you can actually change it. And I and I don't know. We'd have to ask CJ how, and I'm sure he's been asked before how he feels about it. But I think that there could be with Heinz. I don't know. They might have done things differently if they had gotten a second chance to do the 2001. You know, uh, yeah. world title. So I don't know. I just feel like it, there's it's two things different that,
0: because, okay, go ahead. Well, there's let me two things say that, this that I'm worried about. Yeah, go. In 2001, there was this real, because there was a world terrorism attack, there was this real, like, let's get back, let's not let the terrorists win, let's get back to work, let's, right, let's deem world champions, let's, let's go on, let's get on airplanes, let's go, but COVID is different. Like, COVID's like, it, it's, It's not like a nation state or some sort of terroristic entity has attacked us and we have to like bully up and and pound our own chest and go, we can beat this. This is like science. Like there's only one way to beat it. Vaccinate the shit out of everybody.
1: Well, there's two things happening here though. There's um, events not running that were scheduled to run. And then because of the COVID thing, I feel like we could find ourselves in a scenario where the WSL is holding events, but not all the surfers make it to the venue. So if that were the case, and if Edalo is not an event, or Gabe or John or one of these world title contenders, then is it really a world title? At least CJ, it was five events that got canceled, by the way, mid-year. It wasn't canceled from the beginning. And everybody still showed up for the events and competed. So you still had the best surfers in the world at the stops that actually were scheduled, the ones that we're able to travel to. And so I could see if any of the world title contenders aren't there to like give their A game, then there's a really big asterisk next to the world
0: yeah. title. Yeah. You know? I would agree. We we would need that. If they had four events in Australia, we would be at number 5 cuz Pipe event already happened. And yeah. if all of the surfers were there, I would suggest to you that five events is enough to deem a world title. That's enough to get enough shakeout, you know, enough yeah. different waves, enough different competition scenarios. So that, you know, once you, like I say, you shake the shake the bottle, there's a winner at the end of it, you know. But I agree with you. We need, obviously, you would need all of the competitors to be there. And, and that's a big ask because Brazil is a COVID hellhole right now. Yeah. Like, it's not good in Brazil. Yeah. I think that South African variants running wild through there. And, I, you know, I mean, if you're an Australian health expert, that's the one airplane you don't want to land is the one from Brazil.
1: Yeah. Um, the other, I guess, I was just going to say like, there's you want variety of waves on tour as well. And if there's not a huge variety within those five stops, that also questions the title well, But look. in fighting, they do an interim title, right? So if, if the reigning champ is injured and has to sit out, but they still want to have fights, they do an interrupt title. And I think we could do something like that even.
0: Yeah, maybe there's some sort of Australian title that you yeah. deem. But the the bottom line here, though, is that, look, we can still have this, this tour end with a pipe event. So now you're looking at six events bookended by pipeline.
1: Right? Wrong I mean, listening.
0: in December, these things, we should, I mean, they're going, they're going, pretty quick here trying to move i know there's some logistical nightmares right now but they're going to work through that and i think we're going to be good to go by september or october as far as everyone's back to normal more or less that'd be nice but a a boy can dream (laughs) i have to dream (laughs) (laughs) by the way october the, the boardroom shows october 9th and 10th we've moved it It's a fluid situation, but it's now October 9th and 10th, 2021. That's breaking news. Yeah, it is. Between you and me. We were doing it in September, but uh, the fairgrounds kicked me to the curb. So I'm uh, October 9th and 10th. That makes sense. I'm actually okay. I I like that. I like being kind of pushed back a little.
1: Yeah, October works. Yeah. All right, cool. So anyway, Um,
0: what other WSL news do you have for me? Anything else?
1: That's the only WSL news. I've got the Nev Hyman story. If you want to check that at all.
0: Yes. I don't know anything about this.
1: Uh, it's not pretty. Um, so Nev houses is his project where he wants to save lives by providing cheap, easy to construct, or I should say affordable, easy to construct kind of plastic based housing for, um, communities that have been affected by natural disasters or just impoverished communities. He can come in, build a bunch of houses inexpensively. And he, um, so he got funding for this project, I think three different rounds of funding and money is missing essentially. So shareholders are upset that they've been defrauded out of their investments. This is, um, is this an alleged
0: thing or has this occurred in court and, this they've was re- look, they've done a financial um audit and they know that this is not good. this, this was alleged. reported.
1: This was reported on Australian Financial Review. Mm. And so it is I can't tell you whether or not it's all it's alleged or fully verifiable, but it's being reported by actual, you know, news out news outlets. Yeah. And Nev, so then Beachgrid, of course, covers it, and then Nev reaches out to Derek and is like, what the heck dude? Like I have a stellar reputation. You can't find anything negative about me anywhere. And I really don't appreciate the implications here. And the the photo that um, Derek used kind of summed it up. It was Nev posing with Amelda Marcos <laughs> because apparently in when he was doing, when he was working out this deal, he ends up in the Philippines and he's, um, you know, they they're like, Hey, would you like to go meet with Imelda Marcos? And so he did, he went and met with her and they did a photo op together. Now that's the photo that Derek was using to promote this article, which implies of course that fraud. she stole a bunch of money from the country and he's going to be using that money for his project. That is just not a good implication. Yeah. But anyways, Derek was kind enough to at least <clears throat> give Hyman the floor and Hyman basically said not a single penny has been missing. Uh, it's all accounted for. And some sh- shareholders are upset, but look, there's 175 shareholders and the few that are upset and they're trying, they have a vendetta against me and they're trying to vilify me are going to ruin it for everybody else who has money tied up in this still. Like this project can still happen. The other, and so he's saying that it's all just kind of, um, it's all many ruse. cooks in the kitchen. But the reality of what it seems from reading this article is that the project ultimately will not come to fruition and that those shareholders might not see a return on that investment. Uh, That sort of thing happens with startups all the time. It probably happens more often than not. So if the real story here is Nev Hyman, you know, had a project that could save lives and make millions of dollars for the investors and it ultimately did not come to fruition. That's the story. The detail of the Australian Financial Times write-up was that the shareholders felt that they were um, that there was fraud. Yeah, and that Nev—I think they even said like Nev's flying first class around the world and he's you know living the life of Riley, which Nev refuted in the piece on Beach Grit. Basically, said he's got a stellar repu- reputation. He's only ever flown coach, and
0: every penny is accounted for. So, huh. well. Excuse me. I don't know too much about this, other than what you told me. Uh, I've met Nev, I think, once, and um, <clears throat> I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's. I think he. I. I do think he has a stellar reputation, um, and I think that you probably do have some some angry shareholders that are trying to wrest control of this thing away from him, and so perhaps they've, uh, you know done some of their own sort of forensics on his books and found a way to kind of like throw some shade on what he's doing so that they can rest control of the deal. And I don't know. I, I just don't know. But, um, it, it seems like beach grip might've went overboard. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I didn't read it. You know, you tell me That what's your gut feeling on it. You know, more about it than me is. I don't know. Nev pers- So like, I think what I said
1: about, um, startups fail all the time yeah and is people's this a
0: non-profit
1: i don't know if it's a non-profit or not uh, okay. but no i can't imagine i can't imagine that it is but even if it was for profit it was going to solve problems you know and give people housing who couldn't otherwise yeah, listen, have it
0: taking like pollution and re yeah and, and like doing something with huge mounds you know Billions of tons of pollution and turning it into like um, some sort of building product that he could build these homes with.
1: Yes. That's a portion of it. I think I mean, that's that housed... not
0: something that like, a, that's not the type of thing that that's somebody that's going into a, an idea with, with, you know, the hopes. Of, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's no, like, I agree. Dude, if, if you're going to like, if you're going to go for trying to rip somebody off, you're going to create some sort of like crypto coin or something. You know what I mean? This well, like-
1: I don't know that that. Yes, often, but sometimes, I mean, people get into pharmaceuticals that are going to help people, but then they make billions of dollars off of that. You know, off helping people essentially. So there is there is an opportunity, yeah, to help people and to make money, but yeah I mean everything that I know about nev, which i've never whom I've never met, seems like he's a stand up guy, and there's yeah. startups that fail all the time, even from successful entrepreneurs have startups that fail all the time so for this one to fail, I don't think is that unusual but yeah, yeah i don't I also don't get the
0: I what's the outlook any, is this thing gonna is this is this thing circling the drain or is yeah, this gonna
1: yeah it seems like Nev's trying to keep his chin up and be like. Hey, you know this still has opportunity to work, and those who are basically vilifying me are hindering that op- that possibility moving forward because this is all bad press. But yeah. uh, from what the Australian Financial Review wrote, it seemed like the thing was dead in the water.
0: Mm, Seems like a hit job to me. Yeah. Seems like somebody doesn't like Nev in charge, and they're like calling their buddy over at the Sydney Financial Times to get a hit job. Maybe, who knows? maybe.
1: Um, Did you see Russell Bierke's wipeout? No. I want to. Where is it at? I'll send it to you. There's a YouTube video of it. Uh, Russell Bierke surfing this slabby left, eats it, gets dragged on the bottom, hits something on the bottom. He doesn't know what it is. Yeah. The thing ripped a hole in his arm open. Oh, no. To where you could see exposed muscle and everything. It is disgusting. Gaping hole in his forearm. Um, where the, Where is it at? Somewhere in Australia. I don't know. Huh. But Russell Bierke, I mean, the guy shows up on our radar once every, I don't know, year or something. He's, a, he's an animal. The guy is an animal. He's standing there with this hole in his arm, just fully, like, not getting lightheaded, doesn't need to lay down, nothing. He's just standing there looking into his arm. It's crazy. And the wave itself is
0: just so gnarly. So... I'm trying to find it, but um, I'm not sure. I'll text it to you right now. What to uh, search for?
1: I'll just text it to you. What else you got? What do you got in your notes? Oops, sorry. I texted um, it.
0: What else do I got? Let's see what else do I got. Did you watch Free Scrubber? Okay, Free Scrubber. Loved it. Loved Free Scrubber for all the right reasons. Um Free scrubber was great not for the surfing but for Tom Curran <laughs> just being, just being Tom. That's the best part is um and the most disappointing part was when he starts singing a song and somebody puts their finger on the keyboard and ruined it. That was a bummer. He was singing a song about fear actually. Um but I mean like the surfing was fun but Tom Curran's just fun. Yeah. You, know? you didn't you weren't impressed by the surfing? No, I love the surfing. Are you kidding? It's Tom Curran. What's not to love? It's incredible.
1: Okay. Because okay. the surfing was a, I agree with what you said about Curran it, being Curran, but the surfing for me was, um, it was exactly what we've always seen Tom Curran do. And it's revolutionary. Like, even though we've seen it a million times before, it is a complete reminder of how we need to reset everything, abandon all of our other inputs, like stop watching Felipe Toledo. Stop watching any of those stupid, I mean, not stupid, but stop watching (laughs) any of those people and just watch Tom. Tom has it all. And it does. I'll never fly through the air. And so why am I even looking at that? I just want to watch this. And it is a deft artist at the zenith of his career. Like you watch, let's say, um, Rembrandt. You look at a Rembrandt painting. It's like, I have no idea about the technical process of applying paint to a canvas and how he gets these shadow gradients. I could just look at it because it's beautiful and I could just let it wash over me. And that's what Tom Curran surfing is. It's like there is so (laughs) much technical detail and artistry, but I can just let it wash over me because it's that beautiful to watch. You know, it's really, really remarkable. And the fact that he is such a weirdo on land just makes it so much better. He's the
0: greatest. He's the greatest. He's the greatest. He's the goat. He's the goat over Slater. He's the goat because he encompasses the, the, he's always encompassed the the sort of the free spirit that is at the heart of what surfing is all about liberty, you know, like Slater's the goat, but he puts on this, cloak of confinement that is competitive surfing you know what I mean like and even when he's free surfing you get the feeling like in his mind he's like okay if I do it like this though I'll get more points <laughs> you right. know what I mean? whereas Tom's dancing Tom's always been a dancer from day one he's been a dancer and he dances and he dances he dances the jazz man he's 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 incredible we he's love Tom
1: S- Curran well the we, goat. We, we love Slater for all the reasons like he's, competitively, and he's also. But like, I was just going to say, the difference is Slater's so self-aware. Like he's calculating every decision and like what it looks right. like publicly and like how do yeah. I then how do I then take over the surfing world? Well, I'll have a clothing company and I'll own the wave and I'll own yeah. the surfboards that you use to ride that wave. And then all and he's making that's these moves and he's moving blocks and, which is part of the reason why we love Slater. I, that's well, not
0: why I love Slater, but go ahead.
1: But what we love about Tom is the exact opposite. There's zero self-awareness. Tom, Tom's understanding of the industry, he's never even thought about the industry. But there's also like the most perfect marketing move of all time was Rip Curl and Derek Hind at Rip Curl at the time, inventing the search. Because Tom, that is Tom. It sums up Tom perfectly. It is like you said, he's a free spirit. He's a wanderer. And so to kind of build your marketing campaign, and even your brand to a large extent around letting Tom be Tom is genius. There's no, it's not contrived at all. There's no moving of pieces. It's just this guy, we need to let him be him and we need to prop him up and buy him plane tickets and just put a camera on him. And, and it, it's, and it works every time and free scrubbers an extension of that, you know, it's, not being able to search because you're quarantined and locked down in Mexico, but letting him kind of just run rampant. And by the way, Tom, don't worry about any obligations. Like you can't go see your family. You can't go chase swell. You're there's nowhere to go. You're just stuck here. So run amok. And I thought it was beautifully done.
0: I did too. The music was really good too. I really enjoyed the music in it and I, I would like to hear more Tom playing, um, and surfing to his own music. Um, well, I I think if I
1: was go ahead, I interviewed Vaughn Blakey, the director. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I'm gonna be publishing it today. And it was funny. He's like Tom's so hard to work with, obviously. And he yeah. goes, I sent Tom the entire film, and I wanted one of his songs to close out the final section. Took three months. for Tom to reply to my text message.
0: He's like, Oh yeah,
1: I lost it. (laughs) No, he's like, we bonds. Like we had already, you know, had another plan in place. And then I got a text from Tom and I, and it just said, here's the song. Uh, It may, the audio might be off or like Tom said, here it is, but it, it was basically like a crappy version. So it's not like Tom spent three months in the studio crafting this masterpiece And Vaughn had sent him the video. So Tom knew the time code that it needed to match. The song was too short. (laughs) So Vaughn's like, he gave me some (laughs) half-assed version of the song that was too short. So I had to put like additional music on the front of that part of the footage and
0: just put Tom, but Tom's music worked perfectly. Yeah, you know, one of the credits mentioned like you could maybe go get some of Tom's music somewhere. I need to rewatch it to find that credit, but I wanted to go get some of Tom's music. Um, I do have, so i got a cool name for a movie, the next Tom Curran edit. And it should be like 15 or 17 minutes long like this one. I don't want a two minute edit of Tom Curran. I need 17 minutes. I want 17 hours. Yes. It should be called Stop Searching for Tom Curran. He's not lost. That would be oh, the name I of mine. I see, thing. I see,
1: I see what you're getting at, Scott.
0: Pretty, pretty clever. I <laughs> anyway, like how I you incorporated a
1: dad joke into the title.
0: That's right. <laughs> I, I I found that to be a, a highlight of my week. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. And Me I talked too. to um, I talked to Bugs, who was down there, who's in the film, and he said that they, he didn't think they used some of the better waves. Like they they got some good swell down there, and his take on it was there was there was better surf. Crazy. It was available. I would love to yeah. see that. No, so that's said.
1: I want to know more about Bugs. What's
0: his story and how is he such good friends with Tom Curran? Oh, um, I don't know. I know Bugs pretty well, but not super well, but he's just a guy who lives in Los Angeles and sort of connected. And he has a place down there in Selena Cruz. And so um, during COVID, it was like during, it was during like yeah. March and April. Yeah. Or June. Like it was during the, the beginnings of it and they just found them, found their way down there. And, and, um, uh, they were basically there for months. I want to say at least a month, maybe two. Cause they um, were stuck there.
1: Right. Do you know what bugs, uh, does he come from surfing? Can you say more about
0: him? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's been surfing for a long time. He's from Los Angeles he's been surfing a long time. And, um, but Does he work in surfing? no okay no he, no all right I think he's in I think he's in real estate. I think he's a real estate speculator or he's in real estate somehow he's very very success fiscally fiscally successful
1: Good for him yeah i I, I feel like uh you should interview him for the boardroom podcast. find out who this man is and why he has such unfettered access to the man that we're all searching for.
0: <laughs> I've I I've been with him when Tom just calls him out of the blue. Yeah. So he's these,
1: these are the things know, that our dude, audience wants to know.
0: You know what the funniest one of the funniest stories about Tom Curran? It's been told numerous times, but I'll just butcher it up real quick here. Sonny Miller tells a funny story where he's getting picked up at the airport by Tom, and. Tom's been in France for, this is in Europe, in France. And Tom's been in France for like, I don't know, six months or something. And Tom picks up Sonny at the airport and Tom's beater car and there's just shit everywhere. And there's like wrappers and wax and surfboards and clothes and it's just some beater car. And Sonny looks and on the ground is a check for $10,000. It's, it's Tom Kern's winner's check from like four months ago from an event like the Lackin' Pro. And it's all wrinkled up and it's got like, you know, salsa on it. And it's just, it's got torn, torn and frayed. And Sonny's like, Tom, what's the deal with this $10,000 check on your floor, man? And Tom's like, oh, oh yeah, shoot, I, I, I need to deposit that, you know. And that's sort of sums up Tom. It really way. does man i love it
1: so good yeah. so good yeah 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 um
0: i don't, we, don't know if i have anything else well here. we
1: we owe a shout out to both neat essentials and nvs fins of course i've been writing my album Twinsmen, which by the way scott i wanted to get you on that thing too it's probably too late now i want to do surfboard reviews i want to take surfboard reviews more seriously that's one thing listeners have asked for like more consistently than anything over the years. They're so like, what are you guys riding? Talk about what well, you guys are riding.
0: Look, I'm all for that. If you want to, you know, like just know that I'll help you with that. If you want to come down, but you'll, we'll have to do it down here.
1: Can oh, you that's come down problem. here? It, logistically, it's a challenge right now. Cause we're not seeing each other in person, but my thought well, we can was, surf. well, my thought was, yeah, well, why do I have to come down there? Why don't we meet somewhere in between?
0: <laughs> so you can watch me, surf.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, My point is I'm doing a bunch of hard work on this already. Uh, But like I got this album, I I got this album Twinsman, right? From Matt. Yes. You and I are relatively the same size. We could both write it. Like I could write it, review it. You could write it, review it. How much do you weigh? 175.
0: Okay. I'm probably 190. Oh, okay. It's the sourdough working. I might be 185. All right. Then yeah, um, maybe. And I'm also, I'm not, I'm probably five years older than you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe three. Yeah,
1: maybe, maybe something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess it won't work for us to ride the same boards. I just thought it'd be good to get your feedback. No, on I'll do it. I,
0: no, I, I think it is good. No, we do need to do that. I can definitely ride what you're riding. You know what I mean?
1: In this case, if it's a mid-length or something, then you could. If it's a short board, then it'll be a little more. How big
0: s- is the board? It's behind you, right? Isn't it the one behind you? No, that's a
1: short board. Uh, uh, it's six o
0: 6.0. Yeah, I can ride a six o. Is it like two and a it's half? It's beefy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. It's two and five eighths or more?
1: Um, I forget, but yeah, it's at least two and a half, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I can ride that.
1: Um, Well. I'd
0: like to do that. I would like to do that. We should try to I'm figure be- out a way to do that.
1: So we will moving forward in the year, but this board I'm actually giving away to one of our listeners who subscribes to the podcast. Uh, so it's a gently used board, but on March first, we're gonna be yes. giving it away as a thank you to the subscribers. So we'll ride the boards, we'll review them, and then give it away so that the listener can benefit from it
0: as well. I've got a board, I'll give away a board. No For way. The sake of perfect. Yeah, why not?
1: What do you yeah? Do you want in mind or one that you do you want to think about? It?
0: Um yeah, look. Um, I bought a board. Let me think about it. Yeah. I just bought a board that I think is too small for me. Okay. I bought it kind of on Instagram thinking, Oh, and then I picked it up and I'm like, Oh, it's maybe a, it, there's no way I could write it in the winter. I would have to have trunks on, uh, uh
1: was it the board that you will, s- did, last week? You said that you sent a DM and they didn't reply to you. Was it that board? Yes.
0: Okay. I bought that board. It's a, a max McDonald's shaped Clyde Beatty rocket fish. And it's, it's like the tiger fish that I've shown you that I've shown yeah. some people, but it's a smaller version. It's six o, but I bought it and it's less than 20 inches wide. It's like 19 and three quarters, hmm. which, which that's a line I don't cross anymore. I can't ride any board that's not at least 20 inches wide. Really?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: You're, right, like, you're, not like, you're looking at me like, yeah, you are old motherfucker. Well, no,
1: I'm trying <laughs> to think of what design might go narrower. That would suit but maybe not no. um well go okay board. so on that album twinsman i've been riding the album actually did a um set of fins with nvs
0: have them i have them they're insane yeah i ride them are. on one of my quads i think or is it a tri-fin set i forget but no it, yeah it's a quad set
1: yeah go ahead i'm sorry No, it's all right. That's what I, so NVS fins obviously is a sponsor of this show and they are the apex series fins. They're made from the G10 laminate, which is strong. It allows them because of the lamination process, it allows them to create like super fine, uh, refined edges to the foil. So what you get is like a thinner leading and exiting edge so less disruption of the water, cuts through the water faster, but also that material is stronger. So you get thinner fins, less mass, less actual volume of fin, and stronger. So it's kind of the best of both worlds, and they're less expensive. And listeners get a discount. They get 10% off Apex Series fins with our promo code, which is the word podcast. So Surf NVS, I've been writing a bunch of their fins, but specifically this album, Upright Twins. If you ride a mid length of any Kind of brand, the upright twins are kind of the way to go. If it's a twin mid length, the upright twins are kind of the way to go. Um, well,
0: what about so I have the C drives that NVDS I know I haven't tried.
1: Me. I haven't tried those
0: yet. Well, so here's what's interesting, right? People can go to my Instagram right now, Boardroom Show, and go onto my story, and i there's footage of me riding those fins on a mid length on a six ten Ryan Sacle saber and you can see the fins doing their thing so in regards to doing board reviews yeah go to my and i'll post another one so if you're listening now within the next 24 hours you can go onto my story and see two rides um one of them will be with the album quads and one of them will be with the saber c drives got it
1: on the same in exact NBS. board
0: no, two different
1: boards. Oh, okay. I want to get, I wish we could just swap my album Twins I could give to you to ride a couple sessions on and I could ride your C-Drive Twins. We'll get NVS to send us
0: new fins. <laughs> Those guys are great.
1: Because I want to I try the C-Drive qu- uh, Twin. Yeah. I only have the thruster. Um, so do. look forward to all that stuff, but also support our sponsors, surfnvs.com, promo code podcast. And then of course, Need Essentials. I mean... They just keep us styled out and warm. I'm wearing the wetsuits, wearing the trunks, wearing the shorts to run in. I'm doing a ski trip later this month. Got all the ski gear, pants, puffer jacket, snowboard. you uh,
0: You may vomit a little bit in your mouth, but I've been wearing the shorts when I play pickleball.
1: Are you kidding me?
0: No. My parents are super into pickleball pickleball bro did you yeah. just get into it um yeah more or less maybe in the last month wow yeah you've crossed have i gone uh, to the... oh speaking of crossing the old man line i had something happen that i wanted real quick to touch i was surfing the other day it was pretty solid it was a, it was a good solid six foot day low tide a lot of groms a lot of surfers out and uh, i'm in position and a set wave comes but i got a paddle to get to it and then turn as it's breaking, and it's going to be a late drop. And I probably should have went, but I didn't because there was guys out in front in the flask. I thought I was maybe going to run them over. But the bottom line is, that in the past, I would have just gone and dealt with the circumstances and probably hit some people. And it was, and after this wave, one of the other guys that was next in position, one of the local guys that I surf with all the time, was like, ah, oh, huh. He kind of gave me that look like, dude, that was your way you should have went, right? And I kind of sat there and I was like, and he looked at me and I looked at him. And I realized I had that moment. I, this is the first time I've acknowledged it, where I was the old guy that was in the right spot that should have gone and I didn't go. Wow. And I even told him, I go, dude, you know what? This is going to be, this is one of those moments. Like, I'm going to go home and write this in my little diary. I had that moment where I was that guy, the old guy that was in the spot. Yeah. Like you see guys, you're like, dude, you were in the fucking perfect spot. Why yeah, didn't you All go? the time. Yeah. I was that guy. It's the first time it's ever happened. And I acknowledged it to him. And he goes, no, 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 you were going to run us over if you went. And I go, yeah, I know, but I should have went. And he's like, mm, you know.
1: well, and okay. Goes, so Guess now- what?
0: you're not up next. I'm up next. <laughs> to to the back the
1: so now that you've, confronted yourself in the mirror do you resign to that role or do you elevate no. and start doing more reps of the arc method and yeah. get back to your, your rightful yes. spot
0: yes yeah, so you, you start pickleball as part of the uh, process of getting <laughs> lean and mean no pickleball.
1: starting pickleball is resigning to the role of the no, old man no,
0: no. quick twitch quick twitch <laughs>
1: and this is embarrassing <laughs> my parents will be psyched though they'll they'll play oh, yeah.
0: Embrace my dad's,
1: my dad's like ranked. He's like, goes and gets tested for his ranking. I think like he's a category four or something. Oh,
0: he's yeah, good for him. He's good. Hey, let me ask you this. Yeah. So what is it that you and Lauren do together?
1: <laughs> Everything because of COVID. Oh. Like I haven't, this is the longest I haven't seen her in like activity nine months.
0: Wise, activity oh.
1: wise. Um, we hike, hike slash walk. We both run, but we run separately cause we're on different paces. So we'll usually do hikes together.
0: Okay. Do you have a couples? Do you have other couples that you socialize with?
1: Not so much. Oh, I mean, we. Uh, it's them. COVID, dude. It's COVID.
0: You can play pickleball, for God's sake.
1: We have tons is, of friends.
0: Okay, I know you do. So my point is, is that this is a great opportunity for you and your, your significant other, to do an activity and socialize with other couples in a safe, COVID environment, which is the outdoors. That's what I'm suggesting. That this is a a social engagement as much as it is a physical engagement.
1: Yeah, that's what my parents get out of it too. Go out there in the morning, spend a couple hours with friends. Um, You know what is even more socially distanced? This podcast? Tennis. Tennis. It's even larger court, more distance between people. Why aren't you playing tennis?
0: I play pickleball. I know, that's my question. (laughs) That was my answer. By the way, Curran's wave on that 5'7 fireball fish at Bawa about 25 years ago? Yep. Some have considered that as maybe being on the Mount Rushmore of waves. I'm not against it. I like it. It needs to be thrown in the equation. But we need to determine those 10 waves, and we need to create a new name for it. Can't be Mount Rushmore.
1: I agree. Um, By the way, talking about your wave that you didn't go on. Yeah. um, My kook of the week. Is actually there's two different clips that I can refer to, but it is whoever ditches their board rather than duck diving their board. Oh, so did yeah. you see the clip of uh, Ryuki yes. Ryuki Waida?
0: Was that the one you sent? We're, no, we're go ahead. I think I saw this. But go he ahead.
1: gets he gets barreled. He's in
0: yes. Bali. Yeah, like yeah. a perfect like duck dives. Another guy gets pitched over, and somehow yes. he comes out of the tube. Yeah, exactly. That was amazing.
1: So Ryuki is on a right, pulls into the tube at the exact same time. You see a guy enter the – two people interrupt the wave. You see a guy paddling in from the bottom of the frame. And rather than duck diving, he literally, like, pushes his board underwater and then just dives under and lets go of his board. So his board pops up like a tombstone straight into the tube actually projects kind of forward into the tube. And at the same time, simultaneously, somebody who apparently was paddling into the wave and decided not to go, ditches their board and goes over the falls. The board goes over the falls. So you have one board projecting into the tube from the bottom and another one coming over the top from the falls and Ryuki just holds his line, which you think would have hit certainly the board that got projected up. And Ryuki emerges unscathed, somehow surf the wave perfectly. But the kook, I mean, I watched that and I just go, what are people thinking? The dude paddling out, what was he thinking? Like he actually projected the thing into the tube. Couldn't have picked a worse thing to do. A, learn how to duck dive. B, learn which direction to paddle out. This was a complete failure on his part. That guy needed to get ejected from the lineup. Then Sebastian (laughs) Stutner, Big wave surfer, Sebastian Stutner post footage at Nazare going left. And there's a guy who does the exact same thing. He goes to like duck dive. You think he's going to duck dive. And then he just lets go of his board. So the thing slings out actually hits Stutner straight in the like chest in the face. He thankfully put his arm up to prevent damage to his face, but the force of the board dislocated his clavicle fractured ribs tore muscles in his neck and his chest, legit injuries, had to get rescued off the ski, taken into the beach, straight to the hospital, um, wow. spent two months out of the water because of this injury. And he and he got it all on GoPro. He's got the point of view footage of this guy doing exactly what I just described. So kooks, the kook of the week is anybody who ditches their board into right. an
0: oncoming surfer, especially. Those places need one of those big kahuna guys to regulate. Exactly. There wouldn't be anybody in the water. Exactly. Okay, well,
1: wait, I got to no, run. I know you got to run. My must-see moment is Dane Reynolds, Not Today. Did you watch Dane Reynolds' latest edit? No. All right, Scott. Quote from the the reason why it's called Not Today is because he's still riding a shortboard. He's not giving into pickleball. He's not giving <laughs> into the mid-length. Wait this a minute. Is, wait this is minute. what Dane says. I'm going to read you his own words. He says, No pickleball. He says, quote, someday I'll have to hang it up. Stop forcing my fossilized body to pump and thrash and relax into a more soulful manner of riding waves. Maybe buy an old van and burn some sage, get resin and grow a ponytail and then wrap it into a bun, switch to craft beer, hang up the thruster and glide in from out the back on a seven, six single fin. Put, I'll put my arms in the air when I reach the crest of every gently peeling wave, but not today. Hmm fight it scott fight i don't know
0: that, it's interesting that's interesting that's an interesting thing it sounds like he's got a resentment against us
1: sounds like he listened <laughs> sounds like he listened to our last show of us wanking down the line and and by the way his, anyway, next, his next paragraph was all about not making sourdough
0: bread and then no pickleball he's like hey, I'm, uh, I'm
1: french baguette exclusively sourdough <laughs> out the window occasionally i'll have a
0: ciabatta So I opened up a Pandora's box the other day. I watched on somewhere on Instagram this guy that made the first set of Simon's thruster fins back in 1980. It was a really cool thing. I don't know if you saw the YouTube. It was really well done. It was cool. It was a fin maker, the original fin maker. And I got all fired up. I'm like, you know what? And he mentioned, you know, sending a dollar per thruster that you've owned to Simon as a way of saying thank you, a, a token of gratitude, if you will. And so I sent simon some money i was like you know what the guy's right i've got i've got en- enough money laying around that i'm gonna just send 100 bucks to simon i bet i've had about 100 thrusters in my life plus or minus i don't know so i did it right and i put an instagram post and i posted some pictures of simon i'm like hey if you feel so inclined please consider throwing a dollar to Simon Anderson. You know, here's my Venmo receipt. I did it. You could do it too. Maybe it's only $1. If everybody sent him $1, that would be insane. Think about it. Totally. Well, $1. Yeah. So just $1. Like if you sent him $1. And so of course I got a bunch of pushback, a bunch of, Oh, that's lame. What about this guy? What about those guys? What about them? You know, nobody was, and I'm like, fine, send those people money. I don't care. Do whatever you want with your money. I'm just saying I sent Simon some money. You don't have to do it. And then somebody sent me a thing that said Simon doesn't even want you to do that. There's apparently his new book that I think Derek Riley maybe or or no Kidman maybe somebody wrote a book, maybe it was Sean with Simon. And there's a whole section in the book about the thruster, and it's basically like, yeah, I don't I don't really want the money because I it, I don't need the, your charity. I've got I'm doing good. It, it, it seems, you know, Simon's kind of proud about it. So he doesn't want your money basically. is what I'm getting at. That's what I'm hearing.
1: Well, so it anyway, nice, I it was a it nice by. sentiment on your part. Yeah. I like the so, idea for sure, but I did feel uncertain about that too. I don't want to just be yeah, uh, patronizing, you know. Cool. Anyway. But okay. I like the idea.
0: And Dane Reynolds, I'm going to I'm going to hit my pickleball at your head. <laughs> who,
1: who, hey who are we kidding you're like i probably owned a, a, a hundred thrusters you owe simon a thousand dollars not a hundred you have a hundred right now in your in
0: your garage oh uh, lordy this is well, at, it, true.
1: at any rate i know you got to go huge thanks to neat essentials and nbs fans of course and to the listeners and if they want to get in on that album subscribe click subscribe it's in your show notes it's a hyperlink and it'll support us
0: okay great until next time adios and aloha Give me some pickleball Give me some pickleball It'll make you feel good It'll make you feel
1: fine So come on down and play some pickleball tonight
0: You can punch it, you can smash it, yeah That's a really good shot You hit a third shot drop some pickleball Give me some pickleball It'll make you feel good It'll make you feel right So come on down and play some pickleball tonight Till you get to 4-0 Give me some pickleball Give me some pickleball It'll make you feel good Make you feel right Come on down and play some pickleball tonight It'll make you feel good Make you feel right Come on down and play some pickleball tonight